everyone, and welcome to the Learn to Lead podcast brought to you by Ability, an experiential learning company based in beautiful Austin, Texas. I'm your host, Matthew Confer, and today on the show, we have Jay Rosenzweig, who is the founding partner and CEO of the Rosenzweig and Company. He is also an impact investor, and he spends his days focused on designing, building, and attracting world-class teams to help his clients take their business to the next level. Thanks so much for joining us today, Jay. My pleasure, Matt. I'm going to kick us off by asking about an article that you wrote for Business Insider. And in it, you talked about the four most important hiring criteria that every company should prioritize that you've learned from helping over 500 companies with their recruitment needs. Number one on the list was what caught my attention, and it was can your company benefit from an industry outsider? So why is an outsider perspective so important for a company? Well, I'll give you, uh, I'll give you an example. We met with um, a large global financial services client of ours a couple of years back, and they, uh, they were having a lot of trouble hiring a senior marketing professional. And they had used some of the very reputable firms, some of the very well-branded global uh, recruiting firms. And they just couldn't figure out why they were struggling so hard to find uh, a great marketing person to take their business in a different direction. So I had asked them, like, who, who, are, the who are the candidates that you're, that you're looking at? Like, who, what, what kind of candidates are you seeing? And the response was, well, we're seeing uh, candidates from, from other banks, from other financial institutions. And um, so I then said to them, well, are you looking to do something different? Are you looking to innovate? Are you, do you want to differentiate from your other banking clients? And, and the answer was yes. So then I asked them, well, why are you then looking at um, marketing people in your same sector? Um, in my analysis, it seemed to me that actually the retail customer, even though this was a bank, um, was the target of their marketing efforts. So I thought, you know, why aren't you actually looking at retailers such as The Gap, um, you know, and, and, and other businesses that have innovated in different ways who, who may have marketing people who have done things a little bit differently than the banks, but might bring a fresh perspective to the table. The idea is you have already thousands and thousands of employees who understand banking. Why not bring someone with a fresher perspective? And uh, so they hired us to do the project. We ended up bringing on somebody um, who had no financial services experience, but was um, an, an absolute A-plus candidate from the point of view of innovating uh, from a marketing and retailing perspective. And, um, you know, a few months later, the, the client called me to say, this was the best hire I've ever made. Um, the, the outside and fresher perspective really has made a massive impact on the bank. Um, so I think that kind of anecdote can probably illustrate for you why looking on the outside in certain cases uh, can be really powerful. Well, I think it's a perfect segue into what ended up being your number two list on that article that you wrote in Business Insider, and it was, does the candidate have transferable skills? How do you think about that from a recruitment perspective, but also from a leadership perspective, what we should be looking for in our future leaders? So leadership transcends sector. Um, 
And what I like to look at from a leader might appear counterintuitive to some, uh, but from a leadership perspective, I look for humility, uh, firstly. I like to see that uh, a leadership candidate actually gives credit to their team uh, for accomplishments or, or credit for uh, market conditions that might have been favorable to them as, uh, as, as they had successes in the past. Uh, because if it's all about the I, 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 and, and not the team, uh, that concerns me because leadership uh, in, in today's day and age, I think typically thrives when it's, when it's about the team, when, it, when it's about shoring up even one's weaknesses as a leader and admitting that one needs help. Um, in terms of transferable skills generally, you're right, the previous example uh, really illustrates that well. Uh, if you bring certain abilities to a function when, when, when sector experience may not be as important or vice versa, um, the, the diversity of hiring um, is, uh, is a very, very powerful thing. Everyone talks about diversity and, and, and I champion the cause of gender diversity and, 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 and cultural diversity within a business but also diversity of experience uh, can be hugely, hugely beneficial. So there are certain innate skills that transcend sector or function. And then there are certain cases where either section, sector experience or functional experience is key, but not necessarily both. In some cases, you're better off coming from elsewhere. Hmm. Well, before we go into number three and, and number four, I wanted to talk about the report that your organization puts together. So you founded your company in 2004, and I believe in 2006, you started an annual report, which continues to this day. Can you tell our listeners a little bit more about it and what prompted you to start it? Yes. Yeah, so I, I'm a lawyer by background. I have two law degrees from a university in Canada called McGill University. And um, at the university, I met a very important mentor uh, who continues to be a mentor and great friend, friend to this day, a professor in the law school named Erwin Kotler, who's an international human rights champion, represented people like Nelson Mandela back in the day, was actually nominated this past year for the Nobel Peace Prize. He went on to become Canada's Attorney General and Minister of Justice uh, in Canada's Parliament and was the first man on the, on the Women's Caucus uh, he transformed our Supreme Court into the most gender representative in the world. And as I pivoted into the business world uh, in the talent strategy space, I began to think, inspired by my mentor, what is the status of women at uh, senior corporate levels in our country? And I decided to look at the 100 largest publicly traded companies in Canada who must uh, disclose sort of their five senior executives. Um, so basically looked at the 500 most senior executives in Canada and determined what percentage of those executives were women. I thought the numbers would be low, uh, but I was startled to see that the numbers are extremely low. Uh, the number was 4.6% the first year that we did this, um, that we did this study. And I, and I vowed to do this um, uh, forever, um, hopefully not forever, but until at least um, we see some sort of equity level 
where I work myself out of a job. So I've been doing this for the past 15 years. Each year it gains more and more attention. We've had contributions to our report from people ranging from Sheryl Sandberg to Deepak Chopra to uh, Andrew Yang to Elisa Milano, CEOs of banks. Uh, our Prime Minister, Justin Trudeau, uh, contributed to our last report. And um, with basically the idea is to hold a mirror to the corporate world to give them the facts and to give the world the facts about the inequities that exist today. Hmm. Well, it's an in incredible report and, and a lot of the literature uh, about it is one of the reasons that really prompted me to get excited about this interview and, and talk to you. And it, it's probably a nice way to get back into that article that you wrote because the third step or the third component that you wrote in the business in, in, uh, insider article dealt with company culture. And, and so you're, you've created a, a company culture. Why do you view company culture to be so important in the hiring and also more broadly in the leadership discussion? Well, the checklist uh, in terms of um, uh, qualifications and experience um, is almost table stakes at, at the most senior levels of uh, my industry. Uh, at the end of the day, the most important uh, thing that you need in a business is cohesiveness, um, uh, common values, uh, a culture that um, has a common thread of, for example, integrity. And if you don't have that, um, the business will never succeed. You see that even in sports organizations. You, you, you compile a group of all-stars uh, in a sporting context. That doesn't mean necessarily that there'll be a cohesive group, that uh, the locker room will get along, and that in fact um, uh, the, the team will know how to work together cohesively. You need to have a cohesive unit uh, in order to build championships. The, the final part of, of your framework talked about work loyalty and how strong a candidate's work loyalty is. You've been in the business world, worked with um, many influential individuals. How do you think about loyalty, your own personal loyalty and the loyalty of the individuals who've worked for you? Well, loyalty um, to me, means doing everything you can um, and, and sacrificing where you need to uh, for the overall good of the, of the team. Uh, the other point I always make, and it's even well beyond the business context, but it applies to that as well. In, united we stand, divided we fall. You never badmouth anybody on your team, externally or internally. Um, you need to have the positive outlook, positive attitude, and positive reinforcement amongst everyone. That doesn't mean that healthy, constructive feedback isn't, isn't necessary and useful and should be welcome, um, but ego needs to be put aside. Um, now, if, if opportunities arise where an employee is offered uh, an even better opportunity to thrive and go to next levels in their career, and move on, I don't consider that lack of loyalty. Um, the old-fashioned model of loyalty within the, um, within the workplace was, you know, Mr. Jones, who sat in the same seat at IBM for 30 years. I don't think that's really uh, how one looks at loyalty necessarily today. And by the way, if you have 
let's say six, seven year runs with various businesses throughout your career. Um, I see actually people being more successful by moving on and having two or three or four moves throughout their career. They typically are making more money and they typically demonstrate the ability to be uh, more adaptable to new environments, which is very attractive to prospective employers. So you definitely don't want to show in your resume a series of one-year jumps or less than that, um, but um, reasonable amounts of uh, clumps of time within an organization, I think, uh, in this day and age, show an ability to 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 have that stick stick to itiveness, if you will, uh, and 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 an under underlying amount of loyalty and determination. Um, but but you don't need to stay at one company for thirty years to be considered loyal. Your um, yourself personally, and then your organization more broadly through your reports and other initiatives has been a champion of of gender equality and equality more more broadly. When we think about the future of work, which you were kind of hitting on a little bit, what are you instructing companies to be prepared for, and how do you put together a leadership team that's diverse and capable of handling whatever challenges present themselves? Well. Um, times are changing, <laughs> as Bob Dylan might have said, um, or might still say, rather. Um, I think there's, there's a much, much bigger push now to understand uh, the social inequality that, 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 uh, that permeates our society. Um, and that means there will be a much bigger push, I think, to hire uh, from a diversity point of view. Um, so that's one thing. The other thing is COVID has taught us that um, uh, working from home and working remotely, uh, while there was a little bit of a trend there, it's, it's going to continue in overdrive and there's so many advantages to it, but there's disadvantages as well. There's nothing can actually replace the one-on-one -on -one meeting or when you're sitting at the office having people pop in and out to ask ask a quick question, emails and phone calls can't really replace that. And, and sometimes people will not bother if the person's not just sitting in his office or her office down the hall. Um, so all of these things will need to get sorted out, but there's no question in my mind that um, there will be a much bigger push, uh, even from a regulatory standpoint, eventually, um, for diversity in North America at least, um, and there's no question in my mind that um, there will be much more alternative work arrangements, people working from home, flexible work arrangements coming out of all of this. One thing that I have personally really enjoyed about this process and have enjoyed asking most of our guests is what they would tell their younger self. And when I was thinking about ways to introduce you, I went through, and I believe it was your LinkedIn profile, and I was going to list off all of the companies that you've advised in some context, but the list got a little bit too long for the introduction to our show. So given all of the companies that you've worked with, what would you tell your younger self? What sort of advice would you give yourself as an early in their career leader now that you have the benefit of, of hindsight with all of these organizations that you've advised? Stay curious. Um, don't feel pressured to um, 
pigeonhole yourself on, into a path um, before before you 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 quote unquote have found yourself. Um, it's uh, it's healthy to to experiment and uh, to have an open mind to opportunities and and people um, and uh, and never give up. There'll be ups and downs. Um, but the real champions just keep keep moving forward. Well, keeping moving forward is a great spot to end the conversation, but we do still have time for our final two rapid fire questions that I have the pleasure of asking all of our guests. Question number one is this, if Jay, if you could describe your leadership style in one word, what would that word be? Empathetic. And the final rapid fire question is this, what is the best piece of advice that you have ever received? What happened moments ago is, is, can be considered just our imagination. We can learn from the past. Uh, we should learn from the past. We should cherish our memories. But what's done is done. Um, and don't get too caught up worrying about the future because, again, that is our imagination. Um, live in the moment. Enjoy the moment. The one thing that is 100% real is the interaction we're having right now. Hmm. Well, living in the moment is a perfect spot to finish up. Thanks so much for joining us today, Jay. Where can our listeners find out more about you? Well, you could look, look me up uh, on my website, uh, which is jrosenzweig.com. That's J-A-Y-R-O-S-E-N zweig.com so it's my name.com and you'll see probably the best snapshot of uh, my various activities you can also check my instagram at rosenswag underscore company which is my handle um, or you could just google my name and you'll see all kinds of stuff that hopefully will interest you well, thanks for all the great insight and thanks to all our listeners for joining us. If you enjoyed today's show, we would love a rating and review in your podcast app of choice. And we truly appreciate it when you share our show with your network. You can find me on social media at Matthew Confer and you can find our show on Instagram at Learn to Lead Podcast. You can find our organization at ability.com and be sure to subscribe so that you get our next episode. And I want to thank all of you for joining us on the Learn to Lead podcast.